0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Trying again. Second try at this bad boy. We'll get it. We'll get it right. Welcome, everyone. One and all. It's Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. At Dan Bespris on. The Twitters, this show, as all of our shows here during the run-up to the season, simulcast on YouTube and traditional podcast channels. Yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say at the outset. Thanks for listening and subscribing and liking and all that good stuff here to all of our shows during this run-up to the start of the season. We are three weeks away from the start of the NBA campaign. In fact, as I record this show, we're three weeks and, like, uh, like two hours away, that's pretty sweet, I ran a Twitter poll, I know, I know, that's a lame way to do it, trying to figure out what everybody wanted me to talk about on today's show, I had a few ideas, and we'll eventually get to all of them, but the winner was guys near ADP 70, so that's what we're doing. Basically 6th rounders, 61 to 72 is what we're looking at here on today's show on both Yahoo and ESPN. And we'll see who the winners, the losers are in that range. And I'm trying to do one full round per show. I wanted to do the first five rounds where we were kind of breaking it out into one, two, or even three shows per round. But now we're in uh, speed mode, some degree of speed mode. I don't know. Doesn't matter. What's going on that I want to tell you guys about? Well, we got two sponsors on today's show. One of them will be a sponsor all month long. That's our buddies over at Manscaped. They are back, baby. I'll tell you more about them as we roll. Also, ExpressVPN, a partner here on today's program. So that's also very fun. And I'll tell you more about our two sponsors midway through the program. Here at the outset, again, I do want to focus on social media. At Dan Vespers is the place to go. And please, if even 10% of you guys watching this thing, do click that thumbs up on YouTube Rate and review on the pod side. Subscribe on both sides. That does a lot for our growth here, me personally, and at Sports Ethos as a whole. Let's go ahead and take a look first at the Yahoo board. Between uh, 61 and 72, YouTube viewers get the uh, luxury of seeing some of these names on the screen. The rest of you are just going to have to be comfortable with me reading them to you, and you will picture them. In a magical space in your mind, reserved only for fantasy basketball information. The Yahoo list, I will read the 12 players to you, starts with Zion, the rearranged board. Zion Williamson is at 61. Josh Giddy, who was actually a couple slots earlier the last time we looked at one of these boards, is number 62 now. Derek White is at number 63. Presumably he will be pushed down the board at the next rearrange, courtesy of the Drew Holiday acquisition. Chris Paul, number 64. Paolo Bonquero, who was also up in the top 60 as recently as a week and a half ago. He's down at 65 now. Devin Vassell, who the Spurs just gave a big chunk of money to. He's at 66. Cam Johnson is 67. Chris Middleton is at 68. Rudy Gobert, number 69. Tyler Hero is number 70. Brooke Lopez, 71. And Jeremy Grant, 72. I, uh, because of my very low-tech way of doing this on YouTube, I don't have both the ESPN and the Yahoo boards up on my own screen. I suppose that that's something that I could probably fix and just kind of have multiple different, not forget actual browser tabs, but actual browser windows to do some of this damage. But what I will tell you guys is that there's not a ton of overlap between the two boards. There are about uh, four, maybe three, four names that crossover, so that'll simplify our task as we move ahead. But I want to start. Uh, I want to start with the Yahoo side, and we'll look at the Yahoo misses. Then we'll look at the hits, and then we'll flip on over to ESPN and see where those parallels might be. So of the names that I just listed, a couple of them I'm sure jump out at you guys as the ones that you know I'm going to talk about on a show like this one, and those are the players. Uh, that are points league darlings. And in this particular, and I feel like we almost need their own little category, but points league darlings, for those that are unfamiliar, are the guys that are very good at stats that count uh, sequentially. You get a point, you get two points, you get three points. You get rebounds, you get assists, you get steals and blocks. What points league darlings are not particularly good at are the ones that don't count but in fact are an actual math problem in and of themselves, like field goal percent or free throw percent. Three-pointers is sort of uh, on the cusp. That isn't always counted. And then turnovers as well, not always counted. uh, That one kind of going both ways, but also we tend to figure that turnovers are not strongly valued in points leagues either. And so when we talk mostly about category leagues, we will, by the way, have a points league show that's probably coming up either later this week or next week. With our buddy Keston Paul, we're figuring out the microphone situation. We'll probably go camera-less on that one. But shelving that discussion for a moment, Paolo Boncaro makes no sense here as a nine-category player. None. Last year, nine categories, he wasn't even on the board. Meaning most ranked sites give you through about the edge of the top 180 or 200, Pancaro wasn't in that range, despite, by the way, averaging 20 points, 7 rebounds, and almost 4 assists per ball game. Those numbers are good. The points are above league average, the rebounds are slightly above league average, the assists are above average for a forward type. Steals and blocks are kind of meh, which you can overlook if the other stuff is extraordinary, but the other stuff was merely kind of like a little bit better than average, so that wasn't enough to counterweight it. And then a very bad field goal by volume, a bad free throw by volume, and a not good turnover situation for Paolo meant that he just wasn't anywhere near the board. In 8-cat, he was closer. In 8-category leagues, he was around the top 140, which, again, you know, you wipe out one bad category and you're in that 100 to 200 range. You can jump a lot of spots. And then for points leagues, where you're wiping out his three— and it's really not that close, by the way—his three worst categories— Boncaro bumps all the way up to number 77. So points leagues, he was pretty useful. And points leagues at number 77, looking back at our Yahoo board we're talking about right now, you can understand where the expectation is. He takes a small step forward. He goes from 77, in this case, one exact round, to number 65. But in category leagues, getting to number 65 is an enormous leap. Even an 8-cat to go from 140 to 65, something big is going to have to get fixed. I mean, look, we just talked about it right here. He needed to fix both percentages to get to this range. So 8-cat, where you are counting the percentages, he goes back out of that 140 district. And, I mean, that's it's a heavy lift. It's not impossible. It's not impossible to get there by 8-cat. I would say it actually probably is impossible for him to get to this range in 9-cat. If you're drafting him, you're hoping for something like Kyle Kuzma light, which is a weird way to describe Boncaro, but like if you compare these two guys and their stats this past season, Boncaro 27 and 4 with 0. 0.8 and 0. 0.5. Kuzma this last year was 21, 7, and 4 with 0. 0.6 and 0. 0.5, slightly better field goal percent and slightly better three point percent. Both of them had high turnovers. Both of them had bad percentages overall. Uh, but Kuzma's were just a little bit better. And so by 8-cat, he was actually around the edge of the top 100. Can Paolo Bonquero turn into Kyle Kuzma year over year? Sure. 8-cat, he could get to around 100. But again, we're talking about basically 6-cat with him. And so fine, you can yell at me all you want that uh, that Boncero doesn't, Like, you can't analyze him properly in this context. But this context is a category league, and he has no business being drafted at 65 in a category league unless you have some cockamamie build, which is fine. You can have one. But that's still not a reason for him to be at this spot. That's a reason for him to be on your punt board near this spot. Other possible bust of this round... And, you know, I'm not going to do Josh Giddy again because we talked about him as a, a possible fifth-round bust, and he only moved two slots. It's Zion. It's Zion. And I hate it because Zion, from a per-game standpoint, could very well get to this marker. But I just don't see how you take a chance on a guy who doesn't play basketball for more than three weeks at a time. Like, this is... It's brutal. You know, he um folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. or 24 games, excuse me, in the first COVID year out of 72. He played 61 out of 72 the next season. I didn't Honestly, I kind of forgot that he got to within a stone's throw of a full year, and then 29 this past season. And sure, if he gets to 60-something this season, and you draft him at this pre-rank or ADP of around 61, you're probably thinking to yourself, I just came away like a damn bandit. But there's just too much risk there, because the upside with Zion is basically that he does what he did two seasons ago, which is, like, around this rank. And yeah, he's a perfect build for different punt formats, much like we just talked about with Carroll. I just, I don't see how this is, this just isn't worth the risk. When you look at some of the other names in this round, or even behind this round, of guys who are like, yeah, like, I think this guy has better per-game potential, I think this guy has better totals potential, why take the risk if you don't have to the risk you should be taking at this juncture are if someone's injury prone, but also in nine cat has like top 40 upside and Zion's not going to be that not as long as his free throw percent is a big detriment, which I don't think that's about to vanish. I like the scoring. I love the field goal percent with Zion. The rebounds, the assists are both fine. The steals are actually not bad for him. Like, They're okay. The turnovers are going to be high. So, um, the reason he's here is because of 8CAT and because of potential. Unlimited is the potential of Zion, but it's just too scary. I'm sorry. It's just too scary. It's such a silly, uh, oversimplified reason to call someone a possible bust, but it's terrifying. This is a move you make if you are intent on being the smartest person in the room. Because if it hits, you're like, yes, I got Zion on the year where it finally hit. But is there any reason to actually take that kind of risk without a guarantee that it hits? Hell no! Uh, Honorable mention in the possible busts of this round. uh, I'm not going to say Derek White. I think he actually still has an okay year with Boston. But I don't think this is where he's going to be after the board rearranges. So we're not going to talk about him. Uh, and Chris Middleton, I think, also goes down on the next board rearrange as well. I don't think either of those guys gets drafted in the 60s. I think you see White in the 80s. I think you'll see Middleton probably in the 70s. And uh, that's where we'll analyze them with the assumption that that's where they're going to end up. So those guys are the honorable mentions. But again, I think it's largely because the board hasn't been reshifted just yet. Guys, using the internet. Without ExpressVPN, is like driving without car insurance. Why take the risk? You know, you might make it. It's a really bad idea. What if somebody bumps you from behind? Not even your fault. What if you're trying to parallel park? You go a little bit too far. It's not worth it. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports whatever your pleasure for unencrypted networks, any hacker on the same one can gain access to your personal data, your passwords, your financial details, even something as simple as your browsing data. And it doesn't take all that much technical knowledge. Like, this is a thing that a very smart teenager could do, or a young teenager could do quite easily. And look, here's the other thing. If you're like, why would somebody care about what websites I'm going to? Your data is valuable. Hackers can sell it for a grand on the dark web. You can sell your dumb info for a thousand dollars. So here's the. So this is why you need to use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is like online car insurance. It creates a secure, encrypted tunnel where you are in it, going to your internet destination, and hackers can't get into it. They can't steal your personal data. They can't see what you're doing. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get through ExpressVPN's encryption network and it's super easy if you're like this sounds like a lot of work dan it's not you fire up the app you click one button you're protected it works on your phone your laptop your tablet you can even put it on a router so it just works on your whole home or office or whatever it is i personally love vpn because it makes me feel safe but i also don't really care if somebody sees what weird things i'm doing So my second favorite reason is that you can also pretend to be somewhere you're not. You can change your location using ExpressVPN. So your ISP might not know if you're in California or New Jersey or whatever it happens to be. Maybe there's something you'd like to do that you can only do from a different state or country. ExpressVPN actually opens that door to you as well. These are all things that are on the table. You can see uh, something that, that ExpressVPN has talked to us about before and that I didn't know you could do until they told me is that you can pretend to be in another location and that changes your streaming services. Like I, per- I pay for Netflix, quite legally, pay for it, have an account. People in different countries get different shows. You're just using a thing you're paying for. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com/hoopball. That's right guys. It's e x p r e s s v p n.com/hoopball and you can get an extra 3 months free on top of your 1 year subscription. That's expressvpn.com/hoopball. Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on here on the Yahoo side. Here are my favorites in this mix. And don't, don't, don't start assuming I'm going to say Chris Paul because it's not so simple. I liked Chris Paul when he was going the 70s. I'm not as big of a fan at 64. He's not on my list here. My favorites in this round are more towards the back end of it which I guess isn't all that surprising because you figure, okay, well, sixth-round value, who can I get that could beat their number? But that's not always the way it works. Devin Vassell is an interesting one, but I don't know how San Antonio is going to deploy their guys this year, at least from a, like, is he going to get a week off here and there? They just gave him a ton of money, but it's not compete-hard year yet. I think Cam Johnson is set to have a really nice season. He was number 54 in 9-cat last year, partially on the shoulders of low turnovers but I expect his role to be solid in Brooklyn. Uh, So Cam, to me, is kind of your runner-up in this round to the very last two names in it. Brooke Lopez and Jeremy Grant. Brooke Lopez was number 22 in nine category leagues last year, and yes, there is very little chance that he replicates that level of efficiency 53% from the field, almost two three-pointers a game, three defensive stats altogether, but even a little bit of erosion from Brolo keeps him above the late 70s. This is an extraordinarily late spot for him. He was going in the 50s in August. Remember when we start talking about drafts? He was going in the 50s, and he just keeps dropping because he's boring. His ADP is down to 63. You can see that on the board for those that are watching with us. His pre-rank is back of that. So the ADP is just going to keep falling as everybody wants to push their favorite guys ahead of poor Brooke Lopez. He keeps falling and he keeps becoming a bigger and bigger value. And Jeremy Grant is the other one. And everybody's terrified of Jeremy Grant because Portland's going to shut half their team down. But guess what? It doesn't matter. Want to know why it doesn't matter? Because prior to getting shut down last year, Jeremy Grant had played in about 85% of his team's games. He played in 63 out of 82 all told, but he missed basically like the last three weeks. That's why if you're in a head-to-head league, you end it three weeks early. If you're in a roto league, you happily take your 65 games of Jeremy Grant at this juncture, dramatically beating his per-game marker on this ADP board, because this dude was number 72 last year, when Damian Lillard was still on his team. And I know what you're thinking. Dan, Portland got all these guys that came in and they just drafted Scoot and he's going to be a usage guy and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Jeremy Grant is probably going to take the second most, uh, maybe not the second most shots, but he's going to be the second most involved player on that team, especially at the beginning of the year and certainly for the first couple of months, along with Anthony Simons and, Scoot will work his way up in that mix as the year goes along, and DeAndre Ayton is going to have his whatever, little bit more opportunity here than he had in the other place. Jeremy Grant is a two-plus-three-pointers, nearly one steal, one-block kind of guy with good percentages who scores a bunch, and you can get him at the end of the sixth round? Sign me the crap up! Those are my favorites on the Yahoo side. Let's pivot over to ESPN, and I'll try to throw that up on the board so folks watching can enjoy it as well. Uh, The crossovers here, let me read the names on the ESPN board for you guys. Tyler Hero, uh, Cam Johnson, Terry Rozier, Devin Vassell, Chris Middleton, Tyus Jones, Zion Williamson, Paolo Boncaro, Tobias Harris, Chris Paul, Keegan Murray, and Austin Reeves. Some of the crossover names you heard, Cam Johnson, but he's going earlier on ESPN, and so I'm not all that enthused about it. Chris Middleton is... uh, you know, this is the old ESPN board, so also not someone I'm super enthused about at this range, but I don't, again, think he's really going to be going in this marker. Um, 67 versus 61 for Zion makes him a little bit less of a mess, but still just so risky. Paolo is still one that I don't like in this range, but let me throw another one in the mix here from this ESPN board of a player I don't really like going in this mix, and that's Austin Reeves, who overall I like a lot as a basketball player, but the problem with Reeves is that his value is so heavily tied up in usage, and you're like, Dan, isn't that what you say about everybody? Yeah, but other guys can do things to float it. Reeves is a high efficiency scorer who doesn't hit that many three-pointers and actually doesn't get almost any defensive stats either. His damage comes when he can get a bunch of shots and free throws, and that only happens when the usage guys are out. So LeBron, he'll miss some games this year. AD will miss some games this year, and Reeves will have better performances on those nights, but presumably Austin's going to miss a couple of games himself. There's still D'Angelo Russell in the mix. He'll, He'll be in there getting a bunch of shots. We need Reeves to do a ton to hit fantasy value. I think where he's going on the Yahoo side actually makes a lot of sense um, as someone that, you know, more in that, like, 90s range because that gives him an opportunity to maybe get out in front of that. Yahoo, not so much. Or, uh, excuse me, ESPN, not so much. This is too early for him at 72. You wipe out almost all of his chances at value, uh, and that's just um, that's not fun because we all want to have Austin Reeves. We just want to make sure we get him at the right spot. Also, possible bust Tobias Harris. I, like This list was put out before James Harden made his demand. Even after the James Harden trade demands, and I know they're saying Harden's going to show up to training camp for the— I mean, I'll believe all this stuff when I see it. Why would you take Tobias Harris at 69 when you know damn well you can get him at 90? What? I don't know what he's doing here. I mean, there's a chance that Tobias ends up inside the top 70, but why the hell would you draft him there? It's totally unnecessary. And I'll tell you, I really don't like this ESPN 61 to 72 range. Tyus Jones, you wipe out all of his value by taking him at 66. Keegan Murray, whatever growth he might have, you wipe out by taking him at 71. This is like almost all bust territory on the ESPN side. Hero's going too early here at 61. Rozier is too early at 63. Uh, Middleton Jones Zion Paolo Tobias Keegan Reeves the default I mean this is like deductive now on the ESPN side the only names I didn't call as ones that I don't explicitly dislike on this ESPN 12 pack are Devin Vassell at 64 who I'm still worried about how many games he's going to play but he's probably good enough to hit this mark on a per game basis Cam Johnson at 62, who probably gets around this mark, probably beats it a little bit per game as well, but also uh, some of that is the low turnovers. And Chris Paul, who's back at 70, which is where I wanted him on the Yahoo side, and this is where he actually is on ESPN. So no ESPN huge steals in the sixth round. A few maybes and a whole lot of turds. I got rolling on that one. I got a little bit out in front of my skis, didn't I? (laughs) I mean, it's really crazy. But, like, if you scroll down a tiny bit more on the ESPN side, you start to get into some more interesting stuff. I don't want to blow up the um, seventh round steals and busts episode of this podcast because eventually that is going to happen, and we are going to need information on that to, to actually do a show. But... Like Nick Claxton is in the next chunk. Um, Walker Kessler, Gobert, Pirtle. There are a bunch of guys, and you may have noticed a lot of them are centers. There are a bunch of guys in the next grouping of ESPN players that, uh, are much more interesting and, uh, and worth doing. Um, I almost forgot to tell you guys about our buddies over at Manscaped. That's right. Um, Let me tell you about our... Well, look, you guys have heard me talk about Manscaped on this podcast before. Uh, So I want to try to freshen it up for you a little bit. This is sort of a goofy way of talking about it, I suppose. I don't know if you guys remember, but... Manscaped had actually referred to October as Balloween instead of Halloween. But guess what? Today we're brought to you by a Manscaped company that has taken the step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using code ETHOS20 for 20% off plus free shipping. You guys may not have heard of the Handyman, but the Handyman is actually a skin-safe technology razor to reduce nicks and cuts, and you can use that on your face for a close shave. It's not a sideburn trimmer anymore. Manscaped has taken the big, big leap here. It's wild, isn't it? The huge leap to give you an electric razor. Yes, you heard that right. I know. I'm trying to make sure it's sinking in with you. You don't need a scraggy beard. You don't even need 5 o'clock shadow, he says with 5 o'clock shadow. Uh, actually, I guess this is a beard. It's called the Handyman. And are you are you tired of using electric razors that give you all those little red bumps? With the Handyman skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that closer shave. There's so much more I want to tell you guys about Manscaped, but we'll do it on that in the next episode. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ethos20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. With free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ethos20 for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Excited to have them back. They're with us for the next couple of months, everybody, so make sure you check them out. Let's do a couple of questions here before this uh, this show comes to its conclusion. I'll throw the the uh, the pictures on the youtube side off to the, the re- farthest reaches. Remember again to like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, yellow Mamba says, are there still plans for a video about best draft position for each respective round? I think meaning like, where would you like to be in each round? You know, I'm going to say no on that one. Um, because it's not like you can change where you are in each round. Um, you guys know me. I like being sort of like Late early first, if I can't get Jokic, I'd rather be like fourth or fifth. So I'm probably picking between Shea, Halliburton, that type of of crew. And then the second round, I'm not stuck exclusively picking from the old injured guys. But I don't know that there's a great purpose behind like wanting to switch where you're drafting in each round. Rubens, my buddy. Go Bears. Where's the hat, Dan? I showered. I showered, so today you get uh, actual Dan head with complete with rapidly receding hairline, but there's still something left up there at least. Nikki says, "Love this area for small forwards. Vassell, Cam, undervalued. Middleton. I don't. Uh, I don't think Middleton is undervalued. I, I think that he's going to have a tough time this year. And frankly, I just don't believe that he's going to get fully healthy. Um, he could. He could blitz it, and he could be a good percentages guy, but there's going to be a whole lot of Dame." In that offense, Dame's going to be a lot more involved than Drew was. So just be ready for the usage dip. Nils says uh, excited for Cam this season. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be fun. Um, Understanding, of course, that some of his value is tied in the low turnovers, So a a much better nine cat than uh, than eight cat guy. Brooks says, "I got Giddy at 68. Jalen Williams at 60 was taken right before him at 67. Yeah, I'd much rather have Jalen Williams than Josh Giddy. Um, Giddy's really a build guy, you know. He's boards and assists from a point guard, and not that much else. ESPN rankings are quite silly," says Niels. Yes, you are correct, uh, but I do want to throw them out there because, unfortunately, like 20, 30 percent of you guys still use ESPN. You guys think trading Mo- Mobley for Wemby is crazy? I'm in a 12-team, 9-cat league. I'm punting field goal percent and turnover, and I feel like I can salvage my free throw by trading Mobley away. Uh, no, not crazy. Mobley probably beats him by totals at the end of the year. I think the per game is actually going to be relatively close between these two guys, and if you're punting field goal percent, Wemby is probably a more valuable player for your team uh, than Evan Mobley. That's, like, one of the big flips there. You know your team, you know? That's, like— the board changes for you if you're in a particular build. Lawrence says ten-team head-to-head categories, three hundred dollar prize league. I grabbed Bane at sixtieth and Freddie Van Vliet at eighty-first. What? <laughs> oh my God! Are you kidding me? Those guys could both be top twenty per game if things break right. That's ridiculous. Congratulations, Lawrence. Um, I don't know if you want to give me three dollars just because I'll take it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want your $3. I want you to save it or uh, buy an Ethos subscription or something like that. That's crazy. Hey, one thing I do want to mention to you guys is that Friday of this week, I'm going to be doing a marathon show on YouTube. I'm just going to talk until my voice goes dead. Uh, And as long as everybody out there is coming and, um, and throwing questions my way, we'll just keep the show going basically indefinitely. So what I want to do now is let me throw the link in the live chat. For that show, that's important to me. So navigate over to that show and throw a reminder bell on it or hit the like button or whatever it is that allows you to remember to come back to it. That's on Friday right after lunchtime. That's when I have some downtime here at home. The kids shouldn't be home from school for a couple of hours. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be one hour, two hours, whatever. We'll just, we're will just we just going to be doing questions and we're going to be rolling on Friday. And uh, that should be a real wingding. I also want to throw our Discord link in the live chat as well. So folks that are watching here, that's one way you can find it. You can also find our Discord information in the description of this podcast, along with information on all of our sponsors, including ExpressVPN, Manscaped, and Caldera Labs, who have been wonderful partners for us here over the last, depending on which place uh, you're talking about. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's pretty good. Um. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks for the questions, guys. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Time for me to pack up and get the uh, older kiddo over to baseball practice. And I'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. We'll talk um, probably projections. And if there's time, we'll squeeze in another mock. But I don't know for sure that we'll have time for two shows tomorrow. Probably one, two if we're very, very lucky. Can't promise it. Again, like, rate, subscribe. Find me on social at DanBassPris and I'll see you guys tomorrow. So long for now.